From inside the draft room at Rams team headquarters at Cal Lutheran in Thousand Oaks. Good evening, everyone. My name is JB Long with DeMarco Farr. We have the head coach of the Los Angeles Rams, Sean McVay, is with us. And this is the debut episode of the Coach McVay Show on ESPN LA 710. What a week one victory it was. Uh, the head coach is with us, sitting next to DeMarco and to me. And, Coach, I'm sure in your mind's eye you had a vision of what your debut as a head coach could be, right? Envisioning yeah. the best possible scenario. Did yesterday surpass even what you had in your mind's eye? Yeah, you know, I, I can't say enough about what the players did yesterday to be able to get that thing done. Uh, I think, you know, any time that you're going into a game, the goal is to come away with a win, and certainly it's a it's a lot nicer when you're able to enjoy it a little bit in the fourth quarter and, and feel like uh, you've got the thing secured, but... Um, you know, we had a lot of respect for the Colts, and, and I thought it was a credit to our players being ready to go and playing all four quarters and, and coming away with a good result. First of all, I'm 15 yards away from you, and uh, it was hot down there, mm-hmm. and you don't sweat. How is that possible? <laughs> I was sweaty. You Were, just really? Didn't see it? Yeah, I was. I was sweating, man. And then they got me with the uh, with the little Gatorade bath yeah. or water bath, whatever you want to call it. So, how cool was that? That was cool. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's really cool. You know, and, I, and and again, you know, what great players we've got on this team. Uh, they did a great job coming away, executing the game plan. I thought our coaches put guys in good situations, you know, offense, defensively, uh, special teams. So I thought it was a collaborative effort and, you know, really uh, excited for us. And, and we know now we've got to move on, and it's about getting ready for a great Washington team this week. I like what you said. Uh, job number one, get the win. Uh, job number two would be send your fans home happy. All I saw was smiling faces on the way out. I mean, that's how you entertain a crowd. Yeah, no, that's great. You know, we want to be able to give this uh, this great city a, a product that they can be proud of, and and I think our players did that yesterday, and, and now it's about seeing if we can follow it up with another good performance against Washington this coming week. Uh, going back to that Gatorade bath for just a second, I, I saw the replay today. It looked like Wade Phillips teed you up for that just a little bit. You might have known it was he, coming, but he kept you from getting away. He did. You know, he, he said, hey, you, you got to take it, man. You know, so he's been there, done that, won a lot of games in, in, as a head coach. So I think I'll follow Wade's advice. You mean he, he knew it was coming? Oh, he knew it was coming. Oh, he set you up. You could feel it. I, I, I could have avoided it if I wanted to. You know, I had some old school guys, uh, oh, a Gatorade bath after week one. Well, why not, man? That's a big win for you. That's yeah. huge. Well, it's a big win for our team. Yeah. And, and I think that's what's the most important thing. And, you know, it is a big win because it was the one game that we did have this week. And now, like what we'll talk about, we enjoy that yesterday. Come in, clean up the mistakes, uh, make sure that the things that we're doing a good job with, we continue to do moving into this week of our preparation against the Redskins, but um, it was one game, like we said, and, and now we've got to follow it up, and, and that's what the NFL is all about. A preview of what's ahead on this uh, inaugural edition of the Coach McVay Show. We'll break down the offensive, the defensive, and the special teams' performance. We'll take questions from our audience, and we'll also look ahead to Washington in Week 2. Uh, let's conclude this segment with some news of the day on the injury front. It looks like it was largely good news coming out of Week 1, Coach. It, it was. You know, really the only guy that, that that you wanted to report is, is Kayvon Webster, and he's going to be day-to-day. You know, So uh, he does have a chance to play in this game this week, and, and we'll have a much better idea over the next couple of days when we come back for Wednesday's practice with tomorrow being the player's day off uh, where he's at and if he's regained some strength that he had some good signs from yesterday to today. You know, that Reggie Scott, our head athletic trainer, gave us some positive updates, and Kayvon's a tough player that uh, if he's able to push through it and regain that strength, then he'll be ready to go against the Redskins. Not to jump too far ahead, but how valuable is LaMarcus Joyner? Unbelievable. When you lose a corner. 
corner. Yeah. Very valuable. Yeah. You know, really, LaMarcus is, is kind of a little bit of both. You know, he's that utility guy that can do a little bit of everything that gives you versatility uh, on the defense where he's playing nickel, he's playing the middle safety, he's playing an underneath safety, he's, he's great in run support. You know, he makes a big-time play with the pick to the house. Huge play on third down where uh, he had that big pass break up on the deep crossing route. So uh, he was one of the guys that got a game ball, and I think it was well-deserved by the way that he played in all phases yesterday. Very pleased with LaMarcus. I know your entire secondary appreciated the pressure that you are able to create up front, even without the man who creates the most pressure in the National Football League. He is now here right. practicing, ready to go. What's the plan for Aaron Donald this week? Yeah, he, you know, that's the thing. Get him right back into a normal practice routine. Again, he was here, took part in the meetings, lifted with his teammates, uh, just business as usual. And then uh, we'll get a chance to sit down, see where he's at in terms of when we get him on the field. He's practicing how his body feels, getting acclimated to putting the pads on again. But if there's one guy that you feel like is going to be ready sooner than later, it's going to be 99 and got a good look in his eye. And I was able to spend some time with him the other day, and, and uh, it was a great conversation we were able to have. You're saying working out with his teammates. Uh, he lifts the dusty dumbbells, the ones on the end that no one touches. Yeah. The big ones. He does. Yeah. That's a big, strong dude. It is. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I jokingly said when I saw him, I said, you haven't been working out, but uh, no, he looks <laughs> yeah. good right now. He looks like he's ready to go, uh, and we're hoping to get him back out there. Uh, his contract situation has dominated the summer storylines, mm-hmm. but today uh, taking care of a, a couple other Rams in Ethan Westbrooks and Johnny Hecker. How nice to know that they're going to be with you beyond 2017. Yeah, I think it's really important. You know, I think it's very important that we take care of our own, and those guys have done a great job of, uh, you know, kind of representing the things that we want. I think when you look at Johnny, he's the epitome of, of a leader of, of this team. Uh, one of the runaways with the, you know, special teams captain for the voting. He's been an all-pro the last couple years, and, uh, you know, you look at the production as a player, but also the person and what he represents to be able to get him locked up. I think that's a contract that he's earned, and we feel fortunate to get him done. And then when you look at what Ethan Westbrooks has provided, uh, he's a guy that I think has played his best ball over the last couple weeks. You feel how physical and strong he is inside, offers some depth at that defensive line. And he made a handful of plays where he's providing push in the pocket yesterday. And uh, Ethan's been a great guy, and, and we're lucky to have him as well. We'll talk about both of those individuals, Hecker and Westbrooks, a little bit later on in the program when we break down defense and special teams. But uh, as of this moment, the Rams lead week one across the NFL in points scored. So when we come back, we'll break it down on offense, including a career day for Jared Goff to start year two with the Rams. You're listening to the Coach McVay Show, live from Thousand Oaks on ESPN LA 710. Shotgun snap back to Goff. He's got a pocket. He's got time. He drills one to the end zone. In the hearts. Cooper Cup. Touchdown, LA. Well, Jared Goff goes 21 of 29 for a career-best 3.06 and a touchdown. That's a Cooper Cup, a career-best 117.9 passer rating in a win over the Colts in Week 1. Uh, welcome back to Thousand Oaks and the Coach McVay Show here on ESPN LA 710. The Rams outscore the rest of the NFC West in Week 1. 46 to a combined 35. Coach, your defense and special teams played large roles, and that will get to them, of course. But uh, why don't we start the quarterback position? Jared Goff gets in the win column. Yeah, no, he did a great job. And I think, um, you know, it's a credit to our whole offense. But you talk about decision-making, throwing with timing and rhythm, uh, great accuracy and anticipation. And I thought he did that consistently throughout the day. Uh, He was able to stay upright for the most part. uh, And I thought he got the ball where the coverage dictated. And and guys got open and and separated and and caught the ball consistently for him. And that's going to be, you know, a recipe for success offensively when you're throwing the football. And and really, you know, credit to those guys and credit to Jared for being able to do that. I was saying, for the most part, your bigs up front gave him a lot of time but even when somebody leaked through 
through, great pocket awareness to, to find the dead spot and get the ball out. Yeah, you know, I think there was a handful of plays. You Really, the one that stands out is you look at the end of the game where he's able to hit Higby over the middle down in the red zone. Uh, one of his last throws of the game where he kind of slides. There was a little miscommunication inside. Doesn't look at the rush, keeps his eyes down the field, and is able to two hands on the ball, but then when he decides he's going to make the throw to Higby, delivers an accurate strike right over the middle, and that was a big-time play. But he had a handful of throws where uh, I thought he put it right on the spot, gave guys a chance to create after the catch, and then some guys made some great plays for him as well. The, the throw to Gerald comes to mind when you talk about putting a ball in the right spot, and the rookies across the board offense and defense look prepared to play. That's a testament to your coaching staff, of course, and the draft evaluations. Uh, a word on Cooper Cup, whose touchdown we just heard. Uh, he's played three professional games, two preseason. He has a touchdown in all of them, but I wonder if he leaves the Coliseum thinking more about the touchdown or the one he dropped in, in midfield on the NFL logo. Just knowing him, that, that must really bug him. Yeah, you know, that's why you appreciate a player like him so much, and, and the thing that says even more about him is if you look at the next time he was targeted, he's able to run, run the wheel route down the sideline on the third and five, goes up over the DB, and makes a great catch for the quarterback and you know that's a that was a big time conversion for us at that time to be able to sustain a little bit of a drive keep the defense off the field and that's the type of player Cooper is you know because inevitably there's going to be a time where you drop a ball but not as interested in that but let's respond the right way and that's exactly what he did and and that's what we're really trying to represent as a team is you know there's going to be some things that don't always go our way throughout the course of a game but what we're more interested in is the response after that because you can't do anything to control it let's fix it let's be mentally tough moving forward and I thought he did a great job of kind of representing what we want to be uh, with the way he responded after that drop. I swear, I think that's you out there. I think like yeah. you are Cooper Cup. He is you. I you guys I are on the same I was page. That kind of guy. Yeah, I think I wish. You know, he's he's a lot better athlete than I ever was. But so. just watching yeah. you guys get lined up, you're helping guys get lined up. I mean, it's early in the season, but they're turning to him. He's the rookie, and he's helping you get guys lined up. I mean, you don't find that out of rookies a lot. He's a very impressive player. You know, he has a big-picture understanding of the game of football, uh, different than most receivers you'll ever be around. He looks at the game like a quarterback. You can see we had a play where we were motioning to an empty set. He's communicating in the backfield to the quarterback to make sure that everybody's set for a full count so that we don't have two guys in motion. He sees things. He's able to pick up on things that, you know, a lot of veteran guys, you know, it takes a handful of years to get to the level in terms of the football intelligence that he has but that's a credit to him being around a lot of people where he's a great listener. He's invested in learning about the game of football, and uh, he's a true football junkie, and I think it shows up with the way he's able to play the game. We've seen Tavon Austin around this franchise in prior years, but our first look at him in your offensive system, kind of what was the thought process going into week one with him as a secret weapon that you hadn't shown publicly yet, and what did you think of the way he was able to impact the game in limited reps? Yeah, I thought he was able to impact the game in a a lot of ways, you know, where he gets the one carry on the jet sweep where he does a nice job, and then even on the run, where we put him at the home position, you know, you're kind of one, oh, he almost cuts across the grain, and sometimes you've seen him come out clean on those, but uh, just being able to have him play a receiver and then move him around the formation uh, in whatever ways we see fit in, in his ability to understand that and be able to use him that way is very beneficial for us as an offense and uh, he's a big time weapon that will only continue to get more reps as he gets more comfortable and he gets healthier you know that that's the big thing too he's a great player he's gonna he's gonna be out there a lot we're gonna try to continue to utilize him more but I think being mindful of the fact that he's coming off the hamstring injury uh way the way that the game dictated kind of the way we were approaching the way we were trying to move the football especially in the second half um you know we wanted to be smart with Tavon and, and that's why and DeMarco told me the the punt hit the guide wire of the camera Is that's that what he right? told yeah. me you know it's 
it's hard to see, you know, just from the film, but, you know, Tavon was pretty adamant about it. He's done a great job throughout the course of his career of consistently tracking the football and, uh, you know, just making, you know, you know, you know being sure-handed in terms of the way he fields those punts. But he was pretty adamant, and you can see the way he was fielding it, that it, at one point, wherever it hits that wire, you know, he kind of altered his course to go to field the ball, and it wasn't one of those knuckleballs. And he was pretty adamant about that, and I'm going to cite with Tavon on it. I'm with you. 17s can block. 16s don't block. Tell Tavon that. Yeah, get the quarterback out of there. Um, I love screens. Uh, they're perfect. Great play calls. You catch the defense slipping or getting up the field too fast. I thought you guys were an eyelash away from breaking a couple of screens for big plays. There were. There were. You know, the one off the play action that Todd came out, did a great job breaking a tackle in the open field. Uh, you could see he did an excellent job screening off the blitzer. Uh, I thought Jared did a nice job of being able to kind of drift away, give him some, give himself some time to get out and then give, her, give a nice catchable ball to Todd where he creates for an explosive play down the left sideline. And then on the third down where they pressured us, uh, you know, you're real close for that thing going, you know, popping and, and converting into a touchdown. And more times than not, you know, we've got to do a good job of getting a hat on a hat and making sure that we're targeted appropriately. But uh, in a lot of ways, when you've got number 30, he'll make it right no matter what. You know, you look at the check down where he splits two guys later on in the game and gets us into a third and manageable when we were second and long. So, um, you know, that's different ways to try to get the ball in one of your best playmakers' hands. We left the Coliseum last night thinking, wow, that was tremendous to score you know, 46 points and feel like there's plenty for Sean and his staff to kind of improve and pick at and have the attention of the offensive group going into this week. Uh, surely traction in the running game would be one of those yep. and also the pre-snap, whether it be alignment or false starts going into week two. Absolutely. You know, you can't beat yourself and we've got to do a much better job of cleaning up those procedure issues. Um, you know, you can't afford to set yourself back five yards in this league. Defenses are too good. Uh, what you did like, similar to what we're talking about with Cooper, the way he responded after we had that procedural issue, you gather the offense up, everybody regain your poise, and then they come out and they, they respond with two touchdown drives, one five play, one six play touchdown drive. So credit to those guys. But in terms of some of the little things in the run game, uh, you know, some of the looks, you know, it starts with me. I got to put our guys in better situations uh, to be able to have more success on the plays. But then when we do get some looks, we've got to execute and we've got to make sure that we're targeted with the appropriate combinations up front. We get a hat on a hat and then then it's the back's responsibility to press it one gap at a time and uh, you can't beat yourself with the holdings you know, we had a couple runs that did come out clean the third and one and then later on in the game with the tight zone where Todd bounced it back across the, the grain for you know a plus 10 yard run and both of those come back and and that those those ones really end up hurting you I love where you got nasty around the goal line no, I would put that thing in. Yeah, it was a great run. You know, you talk about, you know, the, the teams that are the best in the red zone year in and year out, find a way to win the one on one matchups are able to create off schedule. But it starts with being able to run the football efficiently. And I thought uh, both Todd and Malcolm Brown's touchdown runs to be able to go three for four was a real credit to those guys efforts, uh, the consistent sustained drive and finish up front from our offensive linemen. But what a great individual effort that was by Todd on his touchdown run where he really did an excellent job of making some free hitters that, that ended up being clean in the hole, kind of just pay and where he's able to finish for a touchdown uh, we could spend the whole show on the offensive side of the football there were four players with 50 plus yards in the receiving game five with multiple receptions eight total pass catchers uh, goff did a great job distributing the ball but the lead was built by defense and special teams yep. so let's take a break here and come back about uh, talk about those position groups because they were extremely successful in week one still ahead we'll take your questions from the audience and look ahead to the matchup with washington that's as we continue tonight from cal lutheran with the coach mcveigh show on espn la 710 here comes the pressure for the Rams. Tolls gets it out far side Tremaine Johnson picks it off 38 20 15 10 pick six LA 
Uh, welcome back to the Coach McVay Show, live from Cal Lutheran in Thousand Oaks. We're inside the draft room here on ESPN LA 710. Tremaine Johnson, named a captain early in the week, comes away with an interception, returns it for a touchdown. The Rams grab the first 10 with a field goal, and that pick six. Uh, the Rams are the first team in NFL history, come to find out, to record two interceptions for touchdowns and a safety in a season opener. Big contributions in the win over the Colts. DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long, and Sean McVay. Uh, just curious kind of what the conversations were with Wade Phillips and with your your defensive side of the football as you went through your first regular season game while calling plays on offense. Yeah, you know, I think really the the conversation was, you know, let them do their thing and and don't get in the way. So uh, credit to Wade and and his defensive staff and then our players for, for playing excellent. And I thought they did a great job in some situations. Uh, we're able to get a huge stop, you know, in the goal line situation where they, they forced them to kick a field goal. But can't say enough about the overall defensive effort. They go 0 for 10 on third down, 0 for 1 on fourth down. So um, those guys did an excellent job, and that's one of those things. Don't get in their way. And, and that's where you feel fortunate to have a great leader like Wade Phillips. And you can kind of be focused on that, but while also kind of having an idea of what's going on big picture-wise, but let them do their thing. It was always a treat for us as defensive players when the head coach popped in just to say hello, you know, sit down with us for a minute. Yeah, yeah do you ever get – get a chance to do that with your guys? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I think you want to be around and, and be present with these players and make sure that when you get to these team meetings that you're pointing out all the great things that our defense did and really the special teams and offense as a whole. You know, we talk about being a connected team all the time, and I think it's very important in those team meeting settings to be able to show the team a lot of the great things that each side of the ball has done that maybe they wouldn't see in their individual meeting room. So um, that's one of the things that we've done, and, and I think it's important that I kind of have an understanding of what Wade and what Coach Fossil are coaching so you can communicate to those players in their language and and that to me is kind of the contribution you try to make and, and show that it is important for me to have an understanding of what's going on with them as well even though I might not be as involved as I am with the offense you've been on the other side of takeaways pick sixes I'm sure at some point uh, of course. can you tell us what that does to an offense, to a team, to a game plan that day? Yeah, it's it's demoralizing. You know, I think it, it really, you know, turnovers are the biggest stat other than points that are indicator of whether you win and lose the football games, but not to mention turnovers that lead to points. So when our defense ends up scoring two touchdowns and a safety, I uh, can't say enough about those guys. You know, that, that was a huge effort, like you mentioned. It's never occurred in the history of the league on opening weekend. And I want to say in the history of the NFL, it's occurred seven times ever. So I, you'd have to check me on that stat. But hey, I, Coach, will, I, I know this is only episode one, but you can't go one-upping me on research. Yeah, that's I'll, supposed I'll, to be my department. I, you're, I, you're coaching football. You'll have, I'm to check, you'll have to check my uh, my facts on that. But, but you know, those guys did, did a heck of a job Hey, yesterday. can you give them your theory on pick sixes and what it means for a defense? Because I want to see if, if Coach agrees. No. Don't house it. Oh, I was uh, yeah. If you ever pick off, well, this is what we said when I was a player. If you pick off a pass, go down because if you score, we got to go right back out there, and we're tired. Come Especially on, if you score from seventy yards out, and I got to run with you. Come Listen, on, you take a knee at the one. You score that thing. You right, score we, that thing. Absolutely. We'll get the oxygen. And then you get ready. back out there and you get ready to roll, man. I can't believe you threw me under the bus. That was hey. between me and you. No, 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 <laughs> not anymore. It's not. Uh, True had the first one. Lamarcus Joyner had the second. Uh, you've, you transitioned him to a new role here at this stage of his career. It seems like he's responded remarkably. And then when you have an injury in the secondary, his versatility is a huge asset. Coach. It's huge. It, it does. It, you know, it gives you a little bit of versatility. You know, he's a great player, and uh, I think it's a real credit to our defensive coaches that as soon 
soon as you get here, you know, the most important thing that we wanted to do as a coaching staff is evaluate the players that we had in the building. And one of the things that I think Wade and his staff did an excellent job identifying is that 20 continues to show up over and over again. And we've got to figure out a way to get him on the grass more. And, uh, you know, he's one of those guys where he's made that transition to the safety position. I think he's done an excellent job. And then he's still an elite nickel where, you know, he made a handful of plays from both spots yesterday. And, um, you know, he's a guy that you want on the field as much as possible. How about some of the interior guys? We, we know about the big plays. How about guys that may, maybe we didn't say their name, but they played great games? Yeah, you know, I think really Michael Brocker showed up down in and down out, played 30-plus snaps, could have really even played even more if, if things were different at the end. And then I think you see Tyron Walker, Ethan Westbrooks that we mentioned. You know, Matt Longacre coming off the edge, ends up getting his first career sack and a big play. And Morgan Fox, so really got a bunch of guys up front that were rotating, Tanzel Smart, all six of those defensive linemen that were active. Coach Johnson did an excellent job of getting those guys involved so you can stay fresh and they can all play and they all did a good job of contributing yesterday and, and I thought uh, you know it was a collective effort as a whole you know in addition to Robert Quinn. Yeah, in the kicking game, uh, look, where can't Greg Zerline kick it from? I mean, the cheerleaders had a better chance of returning a kickoff yesterday <laughs> yeah. than the Colts did, and I assume you're okay with them just starting every drive at the 25. Absolutely. You know, he goes 5-for-5 five five PATs, 3-for-3 three three field goals, and he goes 9-for-9 nine nine on touchbacks. So uh, I'd say that's a pretty good day for Greg. And then, you know, Johnny sets an NFL record for punts down inside the 20 last year, and he comes back here in, in 2017, and he's not even kicking it straight anymore. He's sidewinding this thing, intentionally kicking the side of the football so that it checks out of bounds and no one even has to make a tackle. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's, that's why he's one of those special players. What can I do to continue to improve and find ways to get better moving forward into the season? And he's experimented with a, a different punt approach where, you know, it's kind of a sky kick, but it's got a different deal where, you know, when it sticks, it's got a chance to really be a little bit more consistent and it's a tougher ball to field. And, um, you know, Johnny and, and Coach Fossil have, have worked on that throughout the course of the offseason, and then you see it pay off on a couple yesterday. I have a, just a wonder. If, if I'm moving into strategy, just stop me. But does having a guy like Hecker as your punter, affect your play calling? Uh, you know, because, because I, I of think, what he can do, I think yeah. you have a lot of confidence yeah. in, in how he can flip the field. So I think in certain areas of the field, it might affect your play calling, where you might be accustomed. Really, he and Greg both, because yeah. you know you feel like Greg has such great range, and then uh, wherever you're at in certain spots, Johnny can kind of flip the field, if you will, uh, wherever that occurs. So I think it gives you a little bit more confidence in terms of what you want to do in those certain situations and how that dictates what your approach would be. Um, but having two guys like that, and then a consistent snapper and Jake McQuaid, you know, you feel really, really good about those three guys who thinks he's a linebacker hey he's, he's making plays you see him man he makes a couple tackles in the preseason and then um, you know he's going through individual drills with those linebackers and it shows up man so J- jake's done a great job uh, my favorite number on these sides of the football from sunday was zero the colts go over on third down the rams allow zero return yardage in the kicking game so job well done in all three phases it really was a collective effort in week one we're going to break here and then come back with a, a fun segment our audience's first chance to ask you some questions directly sean so uh looking ahead to that some are football related some aren't so okay. gear up, and Uh-oh. we'll be back on the other side to continue the Use Coach McVay Show live on ESPN LA 710. There you go. Anyway, we're really proud, and there's one guy that's leading all this, and this is our young coach here, Sean, and he's worked awfully hard, and I know you all have. And he's very deserving. We want to present him with a game ball. And we're just really yeah. One. Family on three. One, two, three. Family. 
Coliseum on Sunday as Los Angeles defeats Indianapolis to go to 1-0 atop the NFC West. Time for a segment we call Audibles with head coach Sean McVay. Welcome back to Thousand Oaks, DeMarco Farr and J.B. Long. Uh, James Staley leads us off. Uh, direct questions from our audience to Coach McVay. Aside from that game ball, which was delivered by Rams owner Stan Kroenke, is there anything else you're going to save from your first win? Uh, you know, I, I think just the memories are what's the most important thing. You know, that game ball represents a, a very special thing that, that I'll cherish, you know, for the rest of my life. And can't say enough about how fortunate I feel to be able to work for a great owner and Mr. Kroenke. But like you guys heard right there, you know, that's a credit to our whole team. And I think, uh, you know, the players are bought into what we're trying to do. Great coaching staff. And uh, that was a big moment for us. And, and, and it was the first step in the right direction, hopefully. You have no choice. He's the owner. Take the game ball. <laughs> yeah. But did you hear the guys, though? That's what I like. That, that, how happy they were for you. No, that's... That's awesome, you know, and, and I think that that everybody was excited for the success that we had as a team, and um, you know, really love this locker room. The, the guys have really bought in. I think we've got some great leaders, some great people, you know, and that's what's special about it. Is we've got good football players that are also good people, and and that's what we're trying to do is, is continue to work in the right direction. And we know that at some point we're going to face some adversity, and and those types of guys are what are going to allow us to hopefully sustain and and work through that and come out on the right end of it. Next question comes from Baseball Fever on Twitter. Thankfully, Baseball Fever's taken a break from the Dodgers and has Rams Fever as well. Uh, referencing your post-game locker room speech, he requests, can you please ask Sean if he'll consider using the term Ramily instead of family moving forward? Ramily? Uh... Try it on for a yeah, I'll, I'll have it. to think about that, you know. But yeah. uh, it's it's a good it's a good suggestion. I like that. Ramley first. <laughs> Blue blood Rams asks. We know you have an advantage with Washington coming to town in terms of being familiar with their scheme. But does Washington have an advantage knowing you as well? Are there countermeasures going to be implemented in your offense accordingly? Well, I think there's a lot of respect for both sides. You know, we, we do. And, and Coach Gruden was influential in, in my coaching career. Taught me a lot of the things that I know and that we utilize and implement in our offensive system. Them today so uh, while we will we will have you know some understanding and, and and know a little bit about the way that the offenses operate you know defensively I've got a lot of respect for coach Minuski uh, not as familiar with that because he was a linebackers coach last year but having gone against him in years past when he was a defensive coordinator for the Colts you know I, I've got a great amount of respect for him but uh, same thing with coach Gruden I know coach Gruden coach Cavanaugh and coach Callahan they'll have those those guys ready to go and uh, there's a lot of great players on that offense and and we know what they're capable of so we better be ready as well I, I always say it's kind of overblown who cares if you know what's coming if you don't execute yeah you still have to go out and play that's exactly right and I think sometimes too you want to be careful overloading guys with information where um, you might have an understanding of what's going on but then it forces guys to play a little bit slower on the defensive side of the ball and things like that and uh, I think you want to allow your players to play fast play confident and, and like you said DeMarco it, it's it's a player's game and it's about the the execution and, and we as coaches want to try to make sure that we put our guys in good spots but uh, usually you know this, you're a better coach when you have better players, and, and, and that's why you know yesterday was fortunate for us because we had a lot of good players make good plays. This is Audibles with Sean McVay, your direct line to the head coach. Joe Marciano wants to know, what was the toughest thing to handle on the sidelines in your first game as an NFL head coach? Well, I think yesterday went fairly well. You know, I, I think the toughest thing is you know just getting comfortable with, with your routine, but I think 
what you guys have heard me mention over and over is you feel like you can kind of be in the mindset and the mode of uh, making sure that the first thing is is that you do a great job of uh, calling the you know calling offensive plays, being in tune with that, and making sure that you're ready to kind of get previews ahead for the next series, knowing that you have full confidence in Wade Phillips and John Fossil to make great decisions. But then you also want to still be in tune with the overall game management. You know, using timeouts, especially once you get under two minutes at each end, you know, the end of the half and the end of the game. Um, but just continuing to get more and more comfortable with the situations. But again, this is about a collective effort, and I can't say enough about what our coaching staff did yesterday to make yesterday. You know, what our coaching staff did yesterday to make it a smooth day. Looked that way on the sideline to you too, didn't it? Oh, uh, I just—I was going to ask you: Do you have to like tell yourself, uh, remind yourself not to turn towards the quarterback when the defense is on the field? And stay out there as the head coach. Like I have to be here instead of being over here with Jared. You know what's interesting, Demarco, is is I really don't because there's a lot of times where if there was something that occurred within the framework of the drive that I want to be able to communicate to Jared, I did that yesterday. Where you go look at a couple of the pictures, you sit down, and even in the water cooler, you know, I went down over in the bench area, and you got the kind of pictures where you're kind of able to get away from the sidelines and try to gather some thoughts and, and communicate to our offensive staff about you know what we're thinking for the next drive so they can preview it with their players uh, upcoming, and you can trust. That that defensive headset is going to operate seamlessly with with Wade leading the show and uh, and the and the other great coaches that we do have. We talked about Tavon Austin in our first half an hour, but we know our audiences are joining us throughout the show. So Tyler Clark kind of reteased this question: Will Tavon see more plays going forward? And was that by design to use him in the specific package that you did over the weekend? Yeah, it was. You know, and, and he'll continue to get more work as the season progresses and as he gets more comfortable with that hamstring and we feel like he could take on more of a load. But uh, Tavon's a great playmaker when the ball's in his hands, good things happen. And uh, because of that, you can also utilize him in a variety of ways that, that helps open up some other guys. You know, I thought yesterday uh, some of the biggest contributions he had might not show up on the stat sheet, but we certainly all know in this building how important uh, the actions, the influence that he had on some of the things that opened up as a result of him uh, selling some different things so he's a guy that will get more involved as he gets more you know comfortable coming back from the hamstring injury and uh, you know we feel lucky to have Tavon hit pursuit drill yeah. when you're playing Tavon and when you're getting ready for him you have to do pursuit drill you don't know where the ball's coming out no question yeah we have some great supporters down there at the Golden Ram Barber Shop, and they chime in with this question. Uh, does Coach think it's possible the Rams could break the sack record for a single NFL season? If I'm not mistaken, the 84 Bears still have it with 72 in a year. Do you think that's within range for this defense? Well, I think the one thing that you love about Wade and, and his defensive approach is it's a one-game-at-a-time mindset. And, uh, you know, I think the defensive uh, you know game plan that they were able to execute yesterday was excellent. Things went about as well as you could hope, and uh, we're seeing if we can stack together a couple consecutive performances with the tough Washington offense coming in this week. Now ask me that. How many is 99 going to have? That's going to be the determining factor. Half a hundred. Right? There you go. <laughs> uh, Calvin Ward follows up with uh, Coach McVay. Do you think we'll see some Sammy Watkins shots downfield getting the mm. vertical attack going like you did in Washington? Yeah, I think, you know, I think uh, at the right time and place, we've got a handful of guys that can go down the field and be vertical elements for us. And Sammy is certainly one of them. You know, Robert Woods can run a lot better than I think he's given credit for as well. You look at Gerald Everett, he makes a 35-yard play down the, or 36, whatever it was, down the sidelines yesterday. And, um, you know, a lot of times the coverage dictates kind of those shots down the field. You know, you have a couple of them where they played some split safety looks. But uh, when you do have a
have a handful of different weapons. We just talked about Tavon that can stretch the field. Uh, you want to be able to present to the defense a lot of different ways that you can attack them, and, and certainly Sammy provides a, the ability to do that. So there's Everett down there. It's uh, He had to be reminded it's pro football, get up and run. But guess who's reminding him? Cooper, Cooper Cup. Cup. That's exactly down there right. again. Yep. Wow. Unbelievable. That was great, man. Gerald, uh, he did a good job, though, getting up with a little bit of urgency when he realized, ooh, maybe I wasn't down there. Right. So put it away with good ball security, and, and I bet you if he was more in tune with it, he probably pulled out of that and might make that a touchdown. Uh, we wrap up audibles with James B. Terry. Thank you so much for the submissions this week, a near record number of them. Uh, James wants to know, which coach on your staff would win a 50-yard dizzy bat race? Wrath. <laughs> Wrath. Well, you know what? I, uh, that, that's interesting. I, I think uh, we've got a lot of athletes on our coaching staff, but the ability to regain after you're doing some spins and stuff like that, that's a tough one right there. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I, I like Aubrey. Aubrey's, you think so? Aubrey's think, a good athlete. A good selection. Aubrey's a good athlete right there. He, and, he's, he's still taking good care of himself. Ted Rath. We've got some good candidates all across oh yeah. the board. And Don't see. sleep on Wade, man. He's probably one see, of the guys walk out of that thing <laughs> with, a, with a straight line right there. Everybody else will be staggering. Wade's going to cover 50 yards because he's not going to waste any movement. Uh, thanks, as always, for your submissions on social media to tee up questions for the head coach, Sean McVay. Final segment upcoming. Washington comes to town. We'll preview week two when we come back to Thousand Oaks on ESPN LA 710. The combination of a 31-year-old head coach and play caller and a 70-year-old defensive coordinator in Wade Phillips results in a 46-9 Week 1 victory as the Sean McVay era is underway and the Rams are 1-0. Uh, great to hear the fireworks coming off the peristyle end of the Coliseum. Looking forward to an even bigger crowd this week against Washington. Uh, they missed an opportunity at home against Philadelphia in the division, 30-17, to a game that was closer than the score might indicate. But, of course, close personal ties to Sean McVay and his staff going back to last year in Washington. DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long at Rams headquarters here in the draft room at Cal Lutheran. Uh, Coach, just your general emotions, thought process going against a lot of familiar uh, friends and faces this week. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to audible my headset to you, Coach, and you can ask that question. Seamless. Look at him. Perfect. No panic at all. There you go. All right. Yeah, no, I think it'll be fun going against these guys. You know, a lot of people in that organization that I have a whole lot of respect for that were instrumental in, in helping me even get an opportunity to be in this role today. But uh, I have a lot of respect for their players, their coaches, and, and I know uh, knowing Coach Gruden that, you know, they didn't get the outcome that they wanted. But if you watch the film, like you mentioned, it was a lot closer. And I think Philadelphia is an excellent team. But both sides of the football, you watch the way they competed on special teams. Uh, we know it's going to be an outstanding opponent, and, and we better be ready to go if we're going to try to come away with another win. It's tough to try to, I guess, limit those distractions because of what he just said. You used to coach there. Uh, everyone's going to be talking about this. Is it tough for you? Uh, to, to separate those distractions in your own mind when you're just getting ready for yourself? You know, I don't think so because, uh, you know, it still is why you have a lot of close ties and relationships. It's still about trying to prepare our team the best that we can to, to go win a football game, and that's offense, defense, special teams, and we've got to have a great week of, of preparation for, for an excellent opponent. You know, you look at Washington, they've been back-to-back winning seasons over the last couple of years, one of the few teams in the league to do that, and uh, that's why Coach Gruden is, is a great coach, and, and he'll have those guys ready to go without a doubt. I just read before this show, I, I was not aware 
aware of this, but Washington lost a pair of thousand-yard receivers in the same offseason for the first time in NFL history. And Pierre and, and uh, Deshaun, can you just speak to what that tandem meant for your offense last year? And, and there's still plenty left, we know, but that's a pretty unique thing to say. Yeah, those are two special players. You know, guys that have played in this league and produced consistently over time, and, and with other teams as well. So you know, it's not just uh, there. It's you know, Pierre with the, with the Colts and what he was able to do, and then he was consistent with the Redskins for a handful of years. And it's why San Francisco. Uh, targets him and gives him a big contract which he earned uh, you know to go play there this year and then Deshaun the same type of thing great player in Philly comes to Washington and complete and you know continues to deliver where he's one of the best big play threats in this league people know he's going deep and he still finds ways to get over the top and then uh, Tampa was fortunate to snag him and, and those are two big time players that uh, really were great guys to be around to coach and and uh, like I've like you'll continue to hear me say man good players make you a good coach and and for me to have work with those two players I uh, feel very fortunate are you a victory monday type coach uh you know we we take care of business on sunday and you know monday maybe you know not right now look stone face look at that it's one game you know not not right now too early in the season uh you know we've got a lot of things that we've still got to accomplish a lot of things from that film that uh you know we do have to clean up and um you know we've got to make sure that we're continuing that trajectory of trying to get better as a football team every single day and if we do that then we're hoping those things lead to good improvements over time uh that'll continue to hopefully help us you know get the results we want the rams are one of just three teams in the league that have back-to-back home games to open the season and so one of the things we haven't talked about is just kind of your schedule how you map out a week where you don't have to travel your home back-to-back what does that look like because the team's day off used to be thursday right right that's going to change this year kind of what's your thought process in organizing the week well I think a lot of it is is finding that rhythm because there are a handful of times, you know, I want to say six times that we're going to have to leave on a Friday. So you want to try to find a, a weekly rhythm for the players first and foremost. And we felt like Monday's coming in, getting a chance to wrap the game up, get them in here for a lift, and then preview the, the upcoming opponent's personnel, then get them out of the building, allow them to have their day off on a Tuesday and kind of let the coaches really get ahead on the weekly game plan. And then you go Wednesday, Thursday, Friday with your preparation. And we get them in a little bit earlier on Friday so that we can always try to be done by, you know, a little bit before noon whether we're at home or traveling because when you travel where you have to go two time zones or when we'll typically leave on an on a uh, on a friday for a sunday game and we're gonna have to do that a handful of times so uh that's something that we wanted to kind of just have a, a mindset on finding that rhythm but then also when you're at home it gives the guys a chance to be with their families a little bit more on a friday real quick anything besides ball that you do for fun uh yeah i like to go home and, and just relax and, and and spend some time with my family and friends and uh had them here this week but certainly love football you like watching it but I think just relaxing at home and, and then you know trying to stay active so that you have a little bit more patience throughout the course of the week uh, <laughs> is something that's important to try to still work out here and there. Uh, take care of yourself. We know it's a big back-to-back here. Congratulations. We're very happy for you, your coaching staff, and your players for the effort they put out there in week one. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right, enjoyed this hour on the Coach McVay Show here on ESPN LA 710. Stay with us. The Trojans coming off a big win as well, and Jordan Moore will have Trojan Live coming up next here on ESPN LA 710.